0: And joining me right now here on the phone line to go over the latest in the world of college basketball, and yes, there's much to discuss, is my good friend Brett Freelander with SaturdayRoad.com. Brett, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. No controversy, no no court storms to talk about, right? Uh, so uh, we're doing
0: good. When you got up Saturday and you're like, hey, I'm going to go to this Wake Forest Duke game, what was your thoughts as you were driving to the arena?
1: Well, my thoughts that it was an opportunity for the Deacons to uh, shut Joe Lenardi up for a little bit. Uh, And I thought that they had a really good shot at winning the game because they they came really close to doing it at Cameron. And I thought we'd be talking about a good ACC game, one that kind of helped define the league uh, standings and the championship race and NCAA tournament bids. And so we're talking about uh, court storms.
0: What happened? What happened, buddy, at the end of that game?
1: Well what happened is Wake Forest wins the game and listen, Wake Forest is a program that has been down for quite some time. They've been to one NCAA tournament in the last thirteen years. Um and it's it's been a long time. Well, Steve Forbes has got that program trending in the right direction. And more importantly, he's really just kind of building excitement there in Winston-Salem. Biggest crowd in, in Joel Coliseum history. And they were there to see their deacons knock off Duke and they did and they celebrated and they stormed the court like happens every weekend, pretty much in, in college basketball. Only in this particular case, Duke's best player ended up getting hurt. So now we're we're you know we're we're knee-jerk reacting.
0: What happened on the play?
1: Well, I mean first of all, Wake Forest coach Steve Forbes I think may have contributed to the problem because they were up by four with one point eight seconds to go and he called timeout. Now I, I think the reason he called the timeout was because a little earlier, you know, like a couple of possessions earlier up by four, they tried an alley-oop pass. It went awry, and Duke came right down and made a three-pointer. Now, all of a sudden, you know, their celebration is in, is in doubt. Well, I think maybe he was calling it to say, guys, just don't go anywhere near them. Don't foul, and we're good. But what it did was it kind of extended the celebration and it allowed more students to get down to the to the rim of the court and it allowed the ones that were already down there to get percolated a little bit more. And so it, I, I think it intensified the, the, the court rush. So when they all converged on the court, Duke's Kyle Filipowski uh, was kind of in the center and he went up to jump up to try to catch a pass uh, for, on the inbounds play, and as he tried to negotiate his way through the rush of humanity to get to the tunnel to get off the court, uh, a couple of Wake Forest fans made contact with him, and it looked like he knocked knees with somebody
0: and, <clears throat> and had to be helped off the court. That was very poetic how you said that. You, I think you write for a living. What did you just say? negotiate? Uh, yeah, you negotiate. know, somebody ought to pay me for that. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> negotiate through the rush of that was pretty good. I like that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Is is he okay now? What's the latest? We don't
1: know because yesterday on the ACC conference call, John Shire was very cryptic about. Uh, he said he's not as as healthy as he was before the game. But the good sign to me is that they didn't do a scan. Now, Caleb Foster, their point guard, uh, had an, uh, uh, an MRI done. Uh, this had nothing to do with the court storm. He got hurt late in the first half, with an ankle injury. So he had an MRI done. Filipowski did not. And to me, after watching the replay about 37 times, like I said, it looked like he knocked knees, you know, with, with, with a, with a fan. And I don't know if you've ever <clears throat> had contact knee on knee. You know, there's no oh. cartilage or anything there. It's all bone and it hurts like the dickens when it first happens. but it, it's something you get over quickly. And I, I'm fully anticipating him to play against Louisville tomorrow night. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but, um, I, I'm not expecting Caleb Foster to play, but it, I think Shire's trying to milk this a little bit. Uh, and and so he's being really cryptic as to, you know, how he is, what the injury is, and whether he's going to be available. But like I said, I, I'm fully expecting Filipowski to be out on the court and to, to play, you know, a decent game tomorrow night.
0: Could you imagine if the Cal-Stanford game where the ban ran on the field, could you imagine if that happened now in the oh. world we live in? Oh. You You know
1: that that, you know social media is is you know there are there are positives and negatives, but boy, would that have been fun, wouldn't it? Insane. (laughs) Twitter or excuse me, X. After that happened,
0: what do we do with court storming then, Mister College Basketball?
1: You know, there there I've seen a lot of suggestions, and to me, the silliest one of all is banning them. Why? Because first of all, it's college. It's fun. It's celebration. It's part of the experience. But the other, more important reason is: how are you going to stop them? You can legislate them and say, "Okay, we're not going to do it." Look at the SEC: hundred thousand dollar fine for the first offense. What two fifty for the second? Five hundred. You half a million dollars for the second for the third. But um, you know, South Carolina, uh, Kentucky recently they stormed the court at South Carolina. Um, there was another one here uh, just a couple of days ago. It doesn't, It's not a deterrent. They still do it. And as I watched the, 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 the video of the Wake Forest Duke one from Saturday, it, it's like you've got 5,000 college students all mustered right there around the court, and you've got about 30 middle-aged guys making minimum wage, wearing fluorescent yellow shirts, who are, you know, how are you going to hold them back? What, You're I mean, not. What, what, short of putting a fence around the court the way they, you know, they used to when basketball players were called cagers or like they still do in Central America at soccer games, how are you going to keep them? The only thing you can do is the, the one thing that I saw today that made the most sense is you put a timer on the clock. All right, as soon as the game is over, you put 10 seconds on there, right, which gives the visiting team a chance to get the heck off the court, and the kids on the uh, on the, on the sideline they can count it down 10, 9, 8, and then poof, off they go. To me, the only way you can make this more safe is to is to kind of build a some sort of a, a culture that you wait till the other team is off the court before you do this, and I don't know how you can do that. I, I don't know yeah. how you can you can stop it.
0: Well, especially if it's at a last-second play where you don't know if you're going right. to win or not. It's in the moment. How about, look, how about these programs stop getting upset every day of the week? How about that? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I, dude, That's If you do, don't lose on the road. Yeah, don't lose on the road. I saw UCF beat Kansas. They rushed the court. I had a buddy came on with me last week, covers Creighton. They beat UConn, who was number one. There's just too much parity. So I don't... Are any of these upsets after a while, or is there just so much parody right now in college ball?
1: Well, there is. I mean, look at look at the, the, the top 16 seeds that the committee put out, which I think was a ridiculous idea yeah. in mid-February. But look at the, the top 16 that they just put out, what, two weeks ago? Within a week of them putting that out, two of the top three teams lost. And I want to say it was 10 of the 16 lost a game. So, yeah. And that's what's going to make March incredibly fun because anybody can go down in the first or second round and anybody can go all the way. So, and then you never know which totally out, off, you know, out of the blue team is going to end up at the final four. So it's it's going to make for a lot of fun. It's going to make for a lot of broken bat brackets. Uh, but uh, like you said, at this point in the game, it, it's, um, it's going to make for a lot of court
0: storms. If. If this incident happened in a Baylor Texas Tech game nationally, is it that big of a story? With this,
1: I don't know. It's hard to say. Look, it was it became a national headline when Caitlin Clark got knocked down at Ohio State, right? Yes. Uh, so yeah. So yes, higher the higher profile, you know people that are involved in an incident like this, the more national run it's going to get. But how many court storms have happened this season where where nobody got hurt, where the, 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 the kids in the stands and the, and the students had fun and everybody, you know, went on with their lives. Uh, I would say that the percentage is a lot higher than the ones where, where something like this has happened. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. And, and I think that part of it is we, we alluded to earlier social media uh, th- there's a there's a vehicle to overreact and and boy oh boy we're all overreacting aren't we?
0: You know what they never show Brett Freelander the the five seconds after the cameras go off and then everyone's like okay we're on the court now what Oh, okay let's leave yeah,
1: right <laughs> the awkward well, the part. the thing about it is at, at Wake Forest too on Saturday it it emptied out quick too because there's a, a, a tradition there at Wake Forest where they go roll the quad. So basically they, they go get their toilet paper and they throw it all over the trees and everything. And it looks like, you know, Armageddon there. Uh, (laughs) and, and so they did kind of disperse pretty quickly.
0: How far is the campus of Wake Forest from Duke? Mm, About an hour and a half. Oh, Uh, so about an hour. Yeah. So it's far. So, all right. For our listeners who don't know this, is it called the triangle? What is it with all the schools?
1: Okay, so the Research Triangle is, is Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill, mm. and that's NC State, UNC, and, and Duke are all within a 20-minute radius of each other. And then you have the Piedmont Triad, which is a little further. It's Greensboro, High Point, and, and Winston-Salem, and that's where uh, uh, Wake Forest is located. And it's about, like I said, it's it's about mm, 60 65 miles from the from from the uh, the triangle.
0: Is Wake Forest the little brother, the, the runt of the litter in all these teams?
1: Well, yes, because it's, a, it's the smallest uh, school among the power conference uh, you know, population. And it's the smallest as far as enrollment is concerned. It's also an interesting situation, too, because the reason it's called Wake Forest is because originally it was located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, which is a suburb of Raleigh. But in the 1960s or the late ah. 50s, early 60s, R.J. Reynolds, uh, the tobacco company, uh, basically bought uh, a plot of land and moved the college to Winston-Salem. So it, it, it's insane. got a it, you know a transient history as well. So, yes, it is definitely the red-haired stepchild of, uh, of, of the North Carolina ACC
0: school. So you're telling me people will go to the town of Wake Forest and go, where's the school? And They go, it's not here. That's what Correct. you're saying. That's I did not know this. Thank you for educating me. I appreciate that. My um <laughs> my rule. You talk about upsets. All right. When we get to the tournament, if the 15 seed beats the two seed, I will not be shocked because I've watched this whole Especially season. If that two seed is is Purdue. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in Purdue. I didn't believe in them last I year. Either. I don't. Okay. But they lost to St.
1: Peter's as a two seed two or year, three years yeah. ago, and then last year they went down to what um Fairleigh Dickinson I think you as, as, as a one, seed, yeah, a one. Right? so
0: yeah i'm not I'm not going to be upset, you know shocked any of that stuff. I'm not question is, do you take UConn or do you take the field if you're looking at this tournament?
1: I'm going to say that Yukon is the clear favorite going into this, them and Houston. But I do take the field because of what we've already discussed, that uh, there's just so many variables. And winning six in a row, uh, given the parity that that exists in college basketball, is going to be a really, really tough
0: ask. I think you were the, what is it, the 1983 NC State team that went on the run, Jimmy V, you know, had to beat all these teams in the ACC tournament. Then you had to win the NCAA tournament. It's a great story. Then I look at some of these brackets – I'm sorry, what were you going to say?
1: No, it is. I mean, that's it's probably the most intriguing. Them or Villanova beating beating Georgetown with that near-perfect game are probably the two most compelling NCAA tournament uh, final and, and, and runs that that we've seen.
0: I bring this up because I saw the bracket for the Big 12 tournament. <laughs> I think if you're a lower seed, you might have to win five games or so or more to just win the big well, 12
1: the thing. You <laughs> know, I was at the uh, Miami North Carolina game last night and mm-hmm. Miami is a team that went to the final four last year and they just lost their eighth game in a row. And they're going to be playing on Tuesday at the ACC tournament. So they're going to have to win five games in five days to get to the NCAA tournament. And uh, I-, I talked to Norchad Omir after the game. And he was saying, that's our, that's our goal right now. That's what we're building for because that's all we have left. And, my my thought was
0: Yeah. Good good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I completely understand. I do. All right. Yeah. Um best court storm you saw in person. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Wow. You know what? I think it's when NC State beat um Duke, I wanna say it was maybe I don't remember. It was one of those years where maybe it was the year that they won the national championship there in 2015. My, uh, my favorite thing was there was, a, there was an NC State fan in a wheelchair who was running. He was like leading the charge out onto the court. And he got knocked over in the, in, the, um, in, 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 in the mess of humanity. And C.J. Leslie, who was one of the NC State players, saw Reached down, grabbed him, and just like pulled him up with with one hand and got him back in his chair, and and that was and it happened right in front of me, and uh, I, I think that was probably my most memorable storm.
0: That is term. awesome. That is a great answer. I like also.
1: And by the way, what the, the kid in the wheelchair? The kid in the wheelchair. His name is Will Provet, and he. Trademarked a, um, a a slogan "Roll Pack" because they're the Wolf Pack, and so and he made T-shirts and he's like he became like this, this cult hero on campus for for nearly getting trampled.
0: That is awesome. Well, not trying to get trampled, but I like the story for him. We're here with Brett Freelander with SaturdayRoad dot com. If you follow him on Twitter at BFreeDACC, we've talked about this before. You have the greatest cover photo of anyone. Where it's it's <laughs> it's Grayson Allen when he's at Duke, is he falling into the the crowd? What happens on this photo?
1: Okay, so so it was late in the game against Wake Forest and be you know Grayson being Grayson, uh, you know Duke was up by like five and so Wake Forest had to foul and Grayson's coming up the sideline. And um, Bryant Crawford fouled him. And of course, you know, because he's gracing out, he had to embellish it a little bit. And he ended up you know, falling into the press table right on top of my laptop. So yeah. <laughs> and that
0: and the laptop broke, correct?
1: Yes it did. Huh. Yes it did.
0: What'd you do with it? <laughs> did you just like throw it out?
1: No, it's it's really a great story, too, because um, the Cameron Crazies who were behind me in that picture, uh, I, I had tweeted on that. And at the time, I was working for the Wilmington paper, and, and I was using my own computer rather than a company computer. Mm. And so I, I tweeted out on my phone that, hey, I'm not going to be filing a game story tonight because my computer got broken. I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm not sure I can afford to get a new one. <laughs> well, anyway, the Cameron Crazies started a GoFundMe page, okay? Nice. And... Yeah, well, but it's it's even better than that. Um, I didn't want him to do that because not all Duke kids are, you know, trust fund babies. So, you know, I, but um, it's, it's funny because a representative of Lenovo was at the game. She turned to her husband when it happened and said, I hope everybody's computer is okay. Well, anyway, when I posted a picture of my screen, she saw that it was a Lenovo. Well, she got in touch with me and said, we would like to replace your computer for you.
0: Hey, that's awesome, dude. So,
1: right? Yeah. So they made it into a marketing thing. They came over a, to my house in a car that was like, had all kinds of Lenovo logos on, took pictures and everything. And that is cool. And got a better computer out of it. So, yeah, you, you know. need
0: to like, then next time you'll be like, hey, Grayson Allen fell on my Porsche. I need a new <laughs> It's you good.
1: know, I wish I would have thought about that. Yeah, yeah there was a Mona Lisa hey, in the. <laughs> you know, I tried to get Grayson to sign the um this the screen because uh-huh. I got to take it taken off and get a new one put on, and um so to have a backup computer. But anyway, awesome. so I tried to get him to sign the screen. He wouldn't do it.
0: Boo! All right, before I let you go, I have to get your opinion on this. We're here with Brett Freelander. What were your thoughts late last week when the Big Ten and the SEC said? Hey, let's go to a fourteen-team playoff, and then we'll get four automatic qualifiers. What was your thoughts?
1: My thoughts are uh, the big brother at Christmas saying, "All those toys under that tree, they're mine." You know, you 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 can get the candy canes to his little brother. So, uh, you know, it's they're 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 doing their best to either kill everybody else and just make it a monopoly. Or the greed involved in that is just incredible. I I don't know how to, to to handle it, how to deal with it. But I tell you what, money talks and everything else walks. And um, my guess is that eventually they're going to either get their way or they're going to get a variation of their way. that uh, uh, They're going to end up with a
0: bigger piece of the pie than everybody else. Do you feel like as a guy that covers the ACC, there's kind of worriness with the conference when it comes to football moving forward?
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, so the, the the general consensus is that there's only going to be two conferences moving forward at some point. And, but here, who is going to play in a non-conference situation? You, you've got to you've got to have uh, you know the, the Big Twelve and the ACC just to have teams to beat up on in the non-conference, right? Yes. So. Uh, I, I think I, – I, I'm still a firm believer that the ACC is going to continue to be the ACC through 2036. Uh, if, if, you know, if the structure of college athletics stays the same, if, if football doesn't break off into its own entity, which is a real possibility, I, I don't think uh, – I, I didn't think Florida State was going to win this lawsuit and get its free agency – To begin with, but now that ESPN has gotten involved and it seems like, you know, they're siding with the ACC, you know, the old saying, never argue and never, you know, uh, uh, go to war with someone who buys ink by by the barrel. Well, ESPN is that like exponentially higher. You know, they own the airwaves. You don't want to get into a, you know, match with them. And and I think that's what Florida State has gotten. I don't think they really really anticipated what they were getting themselves into. And I no, I don't think I don't think they're going to win this.
0: Who's joining the conference? It's California. Who else? Stanford. Are they in?
1: California, Stanford, and SMU. But let me just say, and I wrote this column last week. I think the whole um, five seven structure of the new playoff with. No, you know, we have to be a conference champion to, to get one of the first-round buys. I think this is going to force Notre Dame's hand, and I, I I, would not be shocked if the Irish ends up playing football in the ACC as, as soon as 2026.
0: And that'd be good for the conference, right? Yes, that would be the savior of the conference.
1: That all of a sudden would, would, make their, you know, would make them a much, much more uh, marketable uh, commodity uh, to ESPN. Uh, it would, they would renegotiate the deal. They would make more money. Florida State will be happy because they'll be getting more money, getting more attention. Uh, yeah, I think that would be the, what saves the ACC.
0: Okay, this is my thing on Florida State. And I feel bad what I'm about to say. They should stay in the ACC, because if they go to the SEC, they're not a top dog. No one's going to just bow down to Florida no. State. Like, yep. what do they think is going to happen when they go there? And
1: here's the other thing, too. If Florida State thinks it's getting in the SEC, they're delusional, because you think that the Gators are going to let that happen? Do you, do you think that Florida is going to let a state school, another state school come in here and 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 you know mess with their recruiting mess with no if 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 Florida state's going to go anywhere it's going to be the Big 10 and i don't know that the Big 10 wants any more teams so if you leave you're basically on your own
0: this is going to be fascinating can we just get to labor day can we do that <laughs> please
1: no 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 i i i've, I've got a caribbean vacation coming up in july so oh let's not let's not let's you know come on Oh really? And besides, and besides March Madness is coming up too. So let's Yeah. Let, yeah, I know you're in Florida and I know that's a football state, but come on. <laughs>
0: and and don't, ver- don't forget about your uh, Atlanta Braves as well. Don't forget. Yeah.
1: I have never been so uninspired about the beginning of a baseball season as I am this one. You know, the Dodgers went and got everybody. The Braves went out and got Chris Sale who'll be on the IL here by by you know, mid-June, yeah, uh, if that. Eh. I but like... They'll, you know, they'll have, a great, they'll have a great regular season losing the first round of the Phillies again. It's a tradition.
0: I like the meme I saw where it said the Dodgers have signed so many people, they've also signed Godzilla to a... The actual yeah, right? fictional...
1: And, and Otani's contract will probably end about the same time Bobby Bonilla's.
0: <laughs> You're not kidding around. If I... What if I called you up and said, all right, I signed this contract right, for like $300 million, Brett, but I won't get it for 20 years. You'd, you'd slap me, wouldn't you? Like, what? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brett Freelander, my oh man, thank you so much for your help, and have a great day. All right. You too, much.